Hey, this is Kevin Kelly. Get ready for the latest episode of the Starimcast. And welcome to the Stardom Cast, your weekly audio source of all things World Wonder Ring Stardom. I'm your host, Rob Goodwin, and I am joined as ever by my friend. He's your friend. He's all of our friends. It's Mr. Positivity, Matt Turner. Matt Turner, how are you today? I'm going. I am fantastic. It's a beautiful day to be alive. It's a beautiful day to talk about stardom. I'm buzzing because I have an action-packed, jammed weekend of fun ahead of me. Before I tell you what I'm doing this weekend, I know that uh, per a conversation we had the other day, didn't you have some sort of sporting event that you went to on Tuesday? I did indeed, yes. Um, uh, I can't imagine the Venn diagram of wrestling and cricket is terribly huge. Um, But I went to go and watch um, a cricket match yesterday. Um, It was initially supposed to be me and my brother, and then my brother decided he'd rather go to a wedding. Um, And then... On a Tuesday? On a Tuesday. Well, they're teachers, (laughs) aren't they? So um, never do any work. Um, I'm joking. I'm joking. Used to be a teacher. Can officially make that joke. It's fine. (laughs) Rob is on fire, folks. <laughs> Just burning all those bridges. Um, so then, then it was supposed to be me and Kirsty going, but then Kirsty couldn't make it, so I ended up sitting on my own watching the cricket, which was fine. Which was absolutely fine. The cricket was really good. Um, our women's team got battered heavily, um, but our men's team, who won the tournament last year, um, started off with a victory. So all good. Um, it was very, very muggy. Um, so, and very overcast because it's Britain, but uh, yeah, other than that, absolutely lovely. Thank you. Really good day. How long roughly is a cricket match? I like on average, Rob. You're opening a can of worms here, Matt. Um, <laughs> That's a quick, you can just give me a quick answer. You it doesn't have to be a two hour thing. <laughs> oh no, it does. Now I'm going to make, oh. I'm going to make up for okay. the fact that we've only got two shows to talk about today by filling in that intermediary <laughs> time by talking about cricket those people on our patreon on discord were like oh no we like the longer episodes it's your fault this is um no there's there's different formats of cricket so unlike basketball or you know american football or even soccer um where there's a set limit it depends what type of cricket you're playing so if you're playing a test match it's um like a nine-hour day for five days in a row. Um, if it's a one-day international, it's nine hours, but just one day. And if it's a 2020, it's um, about about three and a half hours um, in the evening. So um, what I went to watch was effectively a T20. So, but because there was two, there was a women's match and then there was a men's match. Um, it was about it was, it was an all-day thing. I think I went about 
two o'clock. Got lost on the motorway, which is impressive. Um, considering I've been so many times to this ground, I still got lost on the M1 and started coming out with some very un-British terms on the motorway. Um, and then, yeah, had a had a lovely time apart from that. So, yes, the short answer is as lo- how long's a piece of string? Um, <laughs> but, yeah, basically that is my answer. Oh, there you go. There you go. I'm glad you had a good time, my friend. Glad you had a good time. Now, this jam-packed schedule you have this weekend, Matt Turner, pray tell. Yes, uh, I will start on Sunday and work my way back to Friday. Uh, to Friday. Fun day. Well, uh, Friday will be a fun day. I'll get to there in a second. Uh, um, Sunday is Lily's high school graduation party, which will be fun. Obviously, all of uh, my family up this way, our Amber's family, We'll be in attendance, then a good majority of my friends and family from the Scran area where I grew up, they'll be making the uh, hour, 10, hour, 15-minute trip up. So that'll be a really, really good time and nice to celebrate Lily's graduation. Saturday, not only is uh, SummerSlam, but also CM Punk will be in the ring with Ricky Steamboat, which will bring back probably several memories for me. But also, uh, Saturday will be uh, Matt runs around for Amber Day as she gets things ready for Lily's party. My wife is very (laughs) much a hands-on type person. So she has made it very apparent. She's like, Saturday, when you come home from the gym, she's like, you're all mine. I was like, yes, ma'am. So it's going to be just stay out of the way, do what she needs you to do, uh, get what you need to get. And then hopefully by about 8, 830, she will work herself to an exhaustion, take a shower and pass out where I can watch SummerSlam. Now, as fun as that is all is, Rob, obviously, I love my wife. I love my daughter very, very much. But Friday, this Friday, as this episode drops, Friday is for the boys, my friend. And by the boys, I mean my fantastic father and my best friend, Jeff, as we will be traveling to MetLife Stadium. Yes, the site of WrestleMania's 39 and 35. The three of us will be going to see a little band called Pantera, and they'll be opening up for a little band called Metallica. Nice. Nice. So So the, the first big concert of the season, my friend, is upon us. Now, are they... Is this... So when they were touring the UK recently on the back of 72 seasons, um, I believe, I don't know whether this was just for one stadium show or if this was the entire gimmick of the tour, but they do two nights at one stadium and basically do completely different sets on both nights. I know they did that for uh, Download Festival this year as well. Um, Is that the case, or is it just one night we're going to play absolutely everything in this just jackhammer of noise? No, it's uh, it's the same gimmick. It's the same gimmick. So they're doing one on Friday, then they're taking a day off Saturday, and then they're doing Sunday, which is a heck of a gimmick because if you want to see the two shows and you're not from the area, you got to get a hotel room for two or three days. And I was like, you know, even if this whole entire package was free for me, I don't have two or three days to spend, just much as I love Metallica, on a concert. I don't need to tell you how insanely busy my schedule is. So I'm like, I'm just going to do the one day. I'm like, Friday works perfect. And no disrespect to Five Finger Death Punch, who's opening up for them on the second day. I would much rather see a band that I've never seen before in Pantera. Now, granted, I understand this is not the original lineup of Pantera. Obviously, mm-hmm. Vinnie Paul, Dimebag Daryl, rest in peace, are no longer with us. Indeed. However, their, repla- their replacement, Zach Wilde, who is uh, one of the longest, if not the longest, tenured guitar player for one Ozzy Osbourne, is, uh, will be playing lead guitar. Fantastic replacement. And then uh, Charlie Benante, the drummer for Anthrax, will be uh, doing the drumming taking place for the late, great Vinnie Paul. So two fantastic replacements. And Pantera is probably the only 
metal band that I've never seen before that I've wanted to see. Obviously, uh, Dimebag, or they broke up, and then Dime, you know, Dimebag was killed on stage way before um, I started my crazy going to concerts. So uh, it's going to be nice. It's it's going to be a nice time. The fact that they're opening up for Metallica, that's the opening act. So and then I heard a rumor that in the parking lot, Prong is going to be playing. Um, so that'll be uh, – yeah, now Prong is most only for they did Just Incredible's theme song in ECW, Snap Your Fingers, Snap Your Neck. So we're very big on going to these shows very, very early so we can tailgate. So, uh, yeah, so we'll be tailgating in MetLife Stadium with the rumor that uh, Prong is playing on Friday. And then I heard that Overkill is praying, playing in the parking lot on Sunday. And I was like, I'd much rather see Overkill, but uh, I will take the Prong and Pantera uh, lineup over the Overkill and Five Finger Death Punch. Not that there's nothing wrong with... Um, five finger death punch i've seen them a handful of times before but i mean come on it's pantera it's cowboys from hell it's you know respect walk you know five minutes alone cemetery gates and then the uh the metallica will come out so uh yeah should be a uh, i just checked the weather 70 percent chance of rain but i honestly don't care i feel like there's some songs that metallica play that uh, will just be better in the rain i can imagine one and nothing else matters and Generally, all the slow things. The memory remains, for example, I imagine would sound good to a backdrop of a thunderstorm. Um, but you, you mentioned something then, and uh, it always makes me chuckle. Um, the tailgating, like, obviously, us Brits don't do tailgating to the point where um, a load of our soccer teams came over to New York to play a tournament. And uh, the American fans had to teach some of the Newcastle United fans how to tailgate. Because we just don't do it here. I don't know what it is. I've seen, I've seen, especially in American football, I've seen the uh, the pregame tailgating, and it is wild. It looks incredible. I wish we did it here. I mean, more excuse to just barbecue. But um, is that what you're going to be doing, or have you got anything special planned for this tailgate, or is it just going to be beer band then into the stadium? Yeah, we'll probably get there. I have to check the times. It's probably now uh, my dad and, and uh, my best friend, Jeff, they live in the same town, same town I grew up in. So they'll be they'll be driving an hour up my way. And then it's about an hour and change from my house to the stadium. So we usually try to get at least two to three hours of tailgating in just because it's just, you know, just the three of us just hanging out, having a few beers. I have to drive on the way home, so I'm only going to have a handful of beers. But it's just the three of us kind of just hanging out, getting ready to go for a go go before a concert. Now you just mentioned, my friend, that you guys have no idea really how to do tailgating. You're gonna have two days in Philadelphia, my friend. It seems like we mentioned that once a week, but we're really building up this Philly trip because yeah, we will be tailgating at WrestleMania. This was now, gonna now, be my get, question. Yes. When I come to yes. Philly, are we gonna tailgate? A thousand. We will be tailgating as much as we'll be breathing, my friend. That's a thousand percent <laughs> will happen. Now, to give you an idea, again, I have tailgated. I have tailgated at this stadium twice before for Mania 29 and Mania 35, and I've noticed not only does the is there a lot of people tailgating, but there's a lot of people tailgating cosplaying as wrestlers. Like I was tailgating with the Rockers and the Iron Sheik and Roman Reigns and Shawn Michaels. You just see people walking by like, come on over, have a beer, take a picture. So not only be tailgating, but you'll be tailgating with about nine different versions of Roddy Roddy Piper. So uh, just to add more to the fun, but yes, 100% will be tailgating, my friend. So you're going to get the full experience, buddy. (laughs) I am so excited. The fact we're doing both nights as well is going to be absolute carnage. I I cannot wait. Um, But yeah, I mean... Like I say, we just we just don't do that in Britain. We tend to turn up, go to the stadium in a semi-orderly fashion, 
uh, depending on how much uh, you've consumed on the way in. Um, watch the match or watch whatever you're watching and then leave in an equally orderly fashion, depending on how much you've had to drink. We don't tend to have... Uh, we do have after parties, but I've never been cool enough to be invited to the after party, so uh, I just tend to go home. Um, but yes, very, very much looking forward to experiencing all things American when I come to uh, when I come to Philly. Now... You'll be, you'll be welcome with open arms, my friend. One can hope. And obviously we do hope that with it being Mania weekend, that we do get a stardom show. That Fingers crossed. Imagine the scenes if they announced that Stardom are doing a show on that week. Oh, it would be incredible. We'll even do commentary for you folks. We will even do commentary for you. Just You guys know how to get a hold of us. There you go. Um, people at Bushy Road, if you are listening, um, we, we, are, we are open to negotiations. We are cheap. We, literally, we, we pay us in peanuts. We don't care. Like, just, we're fine. Hey, we're, we're... All right, stop that, Rob. We'll, we'll negotiate that off the air. Cheapers, <laughs> um, right, let's let's get into uh, stardom because this is, believe it or not, a stardom podcast. Um, but Matt, what is coming up on our Patreon this week? On our Patreon this past week, we released a bonus episode that we've been trying to get for quite a while. We did alternate commentary of one of the best matches in stardom history. Sherry defending the World of Stardom Championship against Julia from Dream Queendom last year. And also coming up next week, we uh, the alternate commentary will be Sai Kamatani defending the Wonder of Stardom Championship against Hazuki from the Triangle Derby Finals. Um, just this past March. Also uh, dropping sometime in the middle of the month will be the bi-weekly podcast. It'll be uh, Aphrodite, Sayakamatani, and Yutami Hayashista. Their run, their incredible run in the 2022 Goddess of Stardom uh, Tag League. And then by the end of the month, Sayakamatani's Wonder of Stardom Championship run. Yes, that massive, massive run. That's why I decided to put that at the end of the month to give me enough time to watch all those matches. And I'm going to have an absolute blast watching it that'll be coming to you at the end of the month as well and also rob and i have decided on what we're going to be doing for the uh, remainder of the uh, the patreon episodes our round table discussion uh, we don't know who we're going to uh, have with us yet and we will try to finalize that in the next few days a round table discussion will be our top five all-time favorite tag teams in stardom that should be a whole fu- whole lot of fun because i was already thinking in my head and i already have like 14 teams in my head i'm like no matt you gotta narrow it down to five um, our what if episode I'm super excited for is what if Io Shirai came back to stardom in the fall of 2022 uh, it was very heavily rumored that at the end of the summer last year, her contract had expired and she was going to be coming back to stardom. I know me as long as everybody else was buzzing that she was going to come back. And then when she made her return at SummerSlam last year, I remember literally taking a pillow and throwing it all the way across my TV room in the other room and Amber looking at me saying, I never thought I'd see you so upset to see your favorite wrestler, favorite female wrestler ever appear in front of 55,000 people. And I was like, yeah, I know. Cause if she didn't appear here in front of 55,000 people, she'd be wrestling next week in front of 1200. So yeah. What sense does that make? Um, and then the uh, all Japan bonus alternate commentary, Rob, what match are we doing on that one? My friend. Um, we are doing the final of the 1988 Real World Tag League, which, no pressure, is one of my favourite matches ever, irrespective of uh, gender or irrespective of promotion, um, that sees the team of Stan Hansen and Terry Gordy 
take on the revolution team of Gentiro Tenru and uh, Toshiaki Kawada. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to calling that with you, my friend. Absolutely. And uh, just to, you know, I like to peel back the curtain a little, let everybody know kind of what's going on. So Rob and I, uh, this past Monday, we did record back-to-back Sherry versus Julia and Hazuki versus Sayakamatani. And we made mention, because you may say, how come Matt and Rob are wearing the same clothes two weeks in a row? No, we just recorded them back-to-back because it just worked easier easier for our schedule. Um, I did now, And again, we did make mention that those, since we've been watching Stardom Live, that they're probably both of ours, give or take two of our, probably the one and two or, you know, two and three favorite stardom matches of all time you know probably in the last two years now rob i did not i did not tell tell you this i wanted to wait to tell you on air about five minutes after we got done recording those matches back to back i had a blistering headache literally the point after i got done feeding my cats i ate a little myself and i couldn't open my eyes for like a good hour and it's very rare for me to get these really really bad headaches so I, too, I I credit that to those matches being so good and the fact that we watched them back to back. I think I overstimulated myself. So I dare, I dare, I dare any of our podcast listeners to go back and watch those two matches back to back any order you want at Sherry versus Julia from Dream Queendom and Sai Kamatani versus Suzuki from the Triangle Derby Finals. Watch those matches both back to back with no break and let me know if you don't get a pounding headache that's how good those matches are my friend i just had i just had too much fun and i'm only allowed a certain amount of fun per day yeah you you went over the fun threshold i think uh to the point where you just disappeared from the podcast on a couple of occasions um which again i will apologize now the suri versus j seemed to have fixed itself by uh, by hazuki versus saya but there is a couple of blips um on the Suri versus Julia podcast, simply because I, I, my internet just apparently needed time to recuperate from what it was seeing. Uh, believe it or not, it was just after Suri got yeeted into the crowd. So probably my internet was like, bloody hell, I need some, uh, I just need a minute. Can you give me a minute? So I apologize. Stick with it. It's absolutely fine after that. Um, but yes, I just wanted to say another big shout out to all of our patrons over on patreon.com forward slash the stardom cast um loads and loads and loads of bonus content over there um whether it is our alternate commentaries our retrospectives our what if fancy bookings our roundtables, our look back at all japan we have so much content over there for you you can go and check it out for as little as a dollar a month um but before we kick into the five star, the latest two nights of the five star, in fact, um, there has been a little bit of news from the world of Star. Not huge news, but news nonetheless. Um, obviously, at the time of recording, no one has responded. But um, Impact Wrestling are going to be um, producing their Multiverse United 2 show on August 20th at the 2300 Arena, or the 2300 Arena, in Philadelphia in partnership with New Japan Pro Wrestling. And so following on from something she said on the Impact podcast, Diana Perazzo has challenged both New Japan and We Are Stardom to send their best to the arena. Now, obviously, um, uh, there are wild, wild rumours, um, fairly substantial rumours, and probably rumours that will come to be uh, 
come to be considerably more than rumours in the coming days, um, that Julia is going to be over in Philadelphia anyway for the Junior Festival, the All-Star Junior Festival, which I believe is taking place at the same arena either the day after or the day before. So the odds-on favourite to go and face Diana Perazzo is Julia. But Matt, certainly a, another door opening there with Impact Wrestling and Stardom. Yeah, we did make mention of the possibility uh, before we came on the air that they may maybe get a three-way dance and get Fukin Death in there and have Fukin Death win in a roll-up in about four minutes. That's a possibility. But uh, yes, obviously <laughs> with uh, that pay-per-view uh, that weekend, Julia and I believe uh, May Sakurai are not booked. So it could be a possibility where there's a tag match and maybe a singles match or maybe maybe even two singles matches. But Julia versus Diana Perrazzo would be an absolute dream match. Uh, the Impact Women's Division is absolutely stacked and loaded with great talent. Diana Perrazzo ha- has spent some time over here in stardom. She did get a shot uh, back in, I believe, 2018 at Momo Watanabe's Wonder of Stardom uh, Championship. And we did actually review the entire Momo white belt run in the uh, Patreon archive. So take a gander if you haven't yet. Um but yeah, I think that is an ultimate dream match and a match that as soon as she laid out the challenge, everyone's like, it's Julia, it's Julia, it's got to be Julia. So um, yeah, I mean, I think that's the way they're going to go. Again, I have not purchased tickets yet, just on the off chance that uh, something falls through, especially you have an injury to Saya Kamatani. Maybe they do want to keep Julia on those shows. Who knows? Um but yeah, I'm waiting for the official announcement before I uh, I pull the trigger, my friend. But if uh, Julia or any member of Stardom are going to be there, there's a 99% chance that I will be at one of those shows, if not both. I would be surprised if something were not to happen. Obviously, it was through Impact official um, Twitter feed. It is an actual official Impact video. It's not just a Twitter call out from Diana Perazzo. Of course, on the same podcast, she did say that she'd love to face Maiwe Watani, but obviously with it being the five-star Grand Prix at the moment, it was always going to be difficult to schedule this. And Maiwe actually has a match on the 20th, the same day as uh, Multiverse United 2, against Natsuka Tora. So uh, she will definitely not be there. I mean, it, it makes sense for it to be Julia. Um, I'm just having a look at Utami's run. Utami's got a match that day as well. She's taking on Mirai. Um, Micah's taking on Mariah May. Um, Starlight Kid has a big gap in her matches, um, so it could be her, maybe. Um, Natsupoy would struggle. Um, Tam's got a match against Suri. So... You're looking at your biggest hitters, and a lot of them are uh, are busy in the tournament. Hazuki, I think, has no. Hazuki's taking on Amisori. Um, so your chances are your safe bet is that it's going to be um, is going to be Julia. Um, I would have been surprised if it had been if it's going to be anyone else. However, you know, in the future, if they are going to run this Multiverse United show as some sort of legacy event, so it happens any every year. Um, I I would not be surprised to see uh, members of the Stardom roster mixing it up with the Impact Knockouts because I think that would be really really tasty on that show. Um, but the main event of today, of course, is uh, the Five Star Grand Prix, which continues 
to roll on, Matt. Uh, we've had mm. nights two and three, uh, both up on Stardom World, in relatively quick time. So, uh, again, keep up the good work, whoever is operating Stardom World. Um, the shows from the 29th and the 30th are both up in full on Stardom World. So if you haven't checked them out yet, go and check them out. They are all up and have got subtitles. And then you can come back and listen to our review. But Matt, let's start with Night 2, uh, which took place on the 29th of July um, in Saku City, Nagano, Japan, in Nagano Prefectural uh, Budokan in front of 302 people. I'll read through the results and then we'll talk about... uh, a little bit of the undercard and obviously the main event of those five-star Grand Prix block matches. Um, so today it's all blue block action as well in those final three matches. Uh, we opened with a singles match, Tekla defeating Hanako in five minutes and 17 seconds with the poisonous spider death drop. We then had a tag match with the Queen's Quest team of Azumi and Hina defeating the Oedatai team of Rina and Ruaka, with Azumi getting the pinfall over Ruaka with the Azumi Sushi in 7 minutes and 28 seconds. Um, in another tag team match, the Queen's Quest team of Yutami Hayashishita and Mio Amasaki defeated the Stars team of Hazuki and Momo Kogo. Um, Yutami getting the pinfall with the shocking Baszler that she debuted on the opening night of the five-star Grand Prix in seven minutes and 20 seconds. Um, in a tag match, we then had the God's Eye team of Saki Kashima and Suri defeating the Cosmic Angels team of Natsupoi and Yuna Mizumori, with Saki getting the pinfall over Yuna with the Kishkasai in six minutes and 10 seconds. Uh, we then had the in-ring debut, or the in-ring stardom debut, should I say, of the next challenger for the red belt, Megan Bain, in a six-woman tag. And her team of Meisera and Suzu Suzuki defeated the Stars team of Kogama, Maiwibutani, and Saya Ida in 10 minutes and 17 seconds. And Matt, I bet you can't guess who took the pinfall. Cannon. It was. No, of course it was Saya Ida. Um, Megan Bain depositing her with an F5 in 10 minutes and 17 seconds to look incredibly imperious in victory. And then, of course, we had our three five-star Grand Prix block matches, all from Blue Block, as I mentioned before. Uh, Julia moved to three points, defeating Hannon in 7 minutes and 59 seconds with the glorious driver. Uh, Sayori Anu then defeated Mariah May, moving to 3 points. Mariah May staying on 2 in 9 minutes and 22 seconds with a submission that she has actually christened Unknown. So uh, there you are. Very, very cool uh, submission. Bizarre name. And then in the main event, we had Mina Shirakawa moving to four, uh, moving to two points, should I say, defeating Mirai, the wonder of Stardom champion, staying on zero points in 14 minutes and 47 seconds, 13 seconds from the time limit with the figure four driver, Mina. Um, Matt, Let's talk a little bit about the undercard. Um, obviously, the debut of Megan Bain. Um, she looked absolutely 
huge against the likes of Kogama and Saya Ida, which I have a sneaking suspicion is why they were placed against her. Um, what did you think about her in-ring debut in stardom? How do you think she fared? Are you looking forward to the August 13th, I believe, title match between her and Tam? I think she looked really good. They did a great job building her up. I don't even think she took a bump. And even side Ia was laying in those chops, and you can kind of see she was really gritting her teeth. Because she was supposed to like be powering in, like kind of like, kind of like, not no selling, but, but almost walking through. And like those, those last two or three chops, Saida was really throwing. You could see she was really gritting her teeth. <laughs> Saida, God bless her. We, you know, we love her on the show. But no, Saida and Kagama, they did a great job, you know, letting uh, Megan Bain throw her around. That's the idea we're building. Megan Bain. Megan Bain is foreign to the Stardom fan base. I've never seen anything from her. I believe uh, prior to this match, uh, neither of you, and there was a lot of us that were kind of in the same boat. So for her to come in here with this, uh, and, and if you remember, during her entrance, she came out like a minute after like Suzu and Mace Era did. So she kind of almost got her own separate entrance. I mean, she's obviously, you know, turns heads. She's huge. She's impressive. She's got a really cool look. She almost has like the Wonder Woman battle armor type gear when she comes to the ring with like the big kind of like headdress that gimmick thing. So that's really cool. And uh, yeah, I mean, she looks very impressive just basically walking through two thirds of stars here and then just finishing off Saida with the uh, the F5, which obviously is kind of rinse and repeat what she did uh, on the 30th, you know, what which, is, which we'll get to in a minute. Pardon me. So again, this is a they're doing a great job building her up to this big match that they're having on a big pay per view. Um, so I think that when we get to the thirteenth, I think that uh, her and Tam are going to absolutely tear the house down, and then I believe uh, you know Mayu and Utami will probably finish the show out. But uh, with those two title matches probably going back to back. Um, it's going to be something really interesting, but they're doing a great job and really the perfect job and a simple job is to build Megan Bain up. She's just going to walk through everybody going up against Tam on the 13th. It's interesting that you've put it like that, the walking through people, because she did an interview recently and unfortunately the name of the publication completely escapes me and I apologize. I think it was Tokyo Sports. I think, but I'm not sure. Um, someone, I'm sure, will correct me. But she made reference to sort of how she wants to approach this stardom run and who she wants to be sort of compared to and who she's taking influence from. And she sort of brought up the names Brock Lesnar and the I think The Undertaker as well. Um, and basically, you look at how Brock wrestles, you look at how The Undertaker wrestles. Do you think, you know, I'm not when I say how The Undertaker wrestles, I certainly do not mean um, saying that she should rise from the dead out of a coffin. Um, do you think there is room in the current stardom roster for someone as imperious as Megan Bain doing like a Brock Lesnar thing in stardom, running through people? Because as well... You have got to build her because I don't think anyone thinks that she is going to beat Tam on the 13th of August. I think it would perhaps be the biggest shock in stardom should Megan Bain dethrone Tam. But, you know, how do you build that Brock Lesnar character in, what are we away, two weeks away, less than two weeks away, and then have her lose? 
Is that going to damage her credibility? Do you think she just, you know, gets up, dusts herself off, continues plowing through the likes of Momokogo and um, Hina and Rina and Ruaka? Or does she, you know, how how do you do this? And again, do you think there is room for this on the stardom roster? Well, give it a try. I mean, we haven't seen anybody like this in a long, long time uh, in stardom. I think they kind of tried to do it with Alpha Female, and she was kind of in and out. With them. She was she had an L against Kyrie and uh, and Mayu, but was very dominant in those matches. Um, give it a try. You don't know what's going to stick. I mean, it does. Not every match has to be you know one comedy and then uh, serious matches here or there. I mean, see if it sticks. See if it's drawing views. See if you're getting more of the American independent wrestling audience. Obviously, Megan Bain was big over here in the states and the independents. Um, see if you're going to get more people viewing their on their YouTube or they're you know getting hits on their website or their Twitter or more people buying pay-per-views. You know, see what happens. And you don't have to, you know, sacrifice the entire roster to her to build her up to Pam. You know, sacrifice the you know, the Saeedas, the Momokogos, the Kogamas, you know, the uh the Rinas, the Hinas, et cetera, et cetera. And then you're building your and it's not like, you know, when she loses to Tam, which I we're assuming it's gonna happen. It's not like she's losing to somebody that's kind of in the middle of the road. She's losing to your world of stardom champion. That hello, folks, was uh, the main event of the highest drawing card in stardom history and also was the double champion for a small period of time. So that's not going to hurt her at all, especially if she looks strong in, in the match. So I like the way that they're building her up. Keep building her that way to make it look like she's absolutely going to walk through Tam. And then as us as Stardom fans are like, okay, she's destroyed everybody going up to this match with Tam. She destroyed Tam at the press conference. How is Tam going to pull this out? Because we all figure Tam's going to have to pull this out, but how is she going to get a win here? So that's something that I think we'll all tune when we tune into the paper. We'll all be sitting on the edge of our seats to see how Tam is going to overcome this, you know, impressive monster that is Megan Bain. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how. Obviously, I expect her to get dominant pinfalls for the remainder of her run up until Tam, and then uh, I mean, obviously, we're assuming she's not going to win against Tam. It would uh, it would certainly make headlines if she were to dethrone Tam. Um, uh, but there are some other things on this card that I know you want to talk about, Matt. Um, uh, but is there anything in particular you think people need to go out of their way to see? Even though it wasn't long and the segment wasn't long, match number three, it was a really good tag match with Utami and Miyu versus Suzuki and Momokogo. But it's only about 45, 50 seconds of absolute, utter, pure violence between Hazuki and Utami. And I know we talk about this quite a bit. We are definitely going to go back into 2021 and do an alternate commentary of that Hazuki versus Utami match. But if they run this back, and if this very well could be the five-star final. I think you have this predicted as your five-star final, don't you, partner? Hizuki I do Utami? indeed. I do indeed. And considering the fact that Saya Kamatani, who uh, was my favorite to win the block, it's very well possible this could be one of the finals. But if even if, uh, you know, Utami gets the red belt back at the end of the year, which we're kind of thinking is going to happen, they run this back in a singles match anytime, whether it's, uh, you know, for the belt or for the five-star final. Considering how good that match was, Rob, about two years ago, and Utami's better and Hazuki is way better. Not that she was bad to begin with, but she just came back from that like almost two-year retirement. Again, their segment, maybe 30, 40 seconds long, but they bring the utter violence, and I absolutely loved it. But um, other than that, the uh, I like Saki and Sherry now as a tag team. Like they do, they come in through Sherry's entrance theme, and then when they get in the ring, Saki basically clings 
to Sherry's <laughs> leg like a little koala bear. And it, like, it jumped Sherry trying to play like the straight lace thing. But it was kind of funny. So in that match, of course, Yuna Mizumori is fantastic. Her stuff with Sherry, they were just wailing into each other. That was really good. And Natsupoi is Natsupoi. So um, probably the best match on the undercard is that Natsupoi and Yuna match for Saki and Sherry. Everything else was, you know, it's stardom. Nothing's going to be bad. But uh, the main crux, partner, and I guess not unless you, there's anything you want to talk about, the main crux of this show is uh, these last three matches, these uh, five-star Grand Prix matches. Yeah, absolutely. Completely agree with you. I think the two aims of this uh, of this undercard was, A, to get Megan Bain over as this dominant, you know, monster and uh, to get over that team of Saki and Suri, who's, uh, whose entrance is absolutely fantastic. And Saki's doing wonderful work. She really, really is. Bringing an entirely new dimension to uh, to God's eye in the best possible way. So uh, excellent, excellent booking. Uh, but no, have you, uh, real quick, buddy, have you seen the training videos with Saki and God's eye? <laughs> yes, I have. Where well, they're in there... <laughs> They're in, they're in the ring doing the jump squats and everybody's doing a proper jump and she's maybe getting an inch and a half off the ground. <laughs> I love the fact that she went to training. They told her they were going to go out for lunch and uh, they didn't. They just did training. <laughs> They'd managed to sucker her into going into training by saying they were going for lunch. I thought it was really funny. Um, <laughs> so this first match then, um, Julia defeating Hannon. Hannon, of course, sitting on zero points after those two losses. Um it was a really, really cool dynamic in this match. And what I liked about it was Julia very obviously, to start with, was taking Hannon for granted. Very much a case of, yeah, she'll bring the fire, but it's Hannon. I'm going to beat her. I'm Julia. I am two-belt Julia. Um, but as the match progressed, Julia grew in respect for Hannon. And even in defeat and even in quite, you know, quite, quite a quick defeat in uh, in under eight minutes. I think they did a fantastic job of building Hannon as we thought they would at the start of the tournament, as this never say die sort of underdog, which I think she's playing really, really well. She played it well here. She played it, you know, in a more fiery way in that four minute match with Micah on the opening night, and she did it really well against Marai on uh, on the next night. Uh, yeah, this is very much kind of similar to their match last year where Julia came in the match kind of taking Hana light and then gave Hana a lot of offense. I mean, here you saw Hana um, pounding a lot of Julia's big moves. You know, when she goes for that jumping Yakuza kick or the uh, the Shining Black, which is, um, you know, Masahiro Chono named it the Shining Black. It's basically instead of the – it's like the Shining Wizard, but instead of the knee, you basically hit a Yakuza kick to the face, but uh, which Julia uses often. But there was one spot where Julia went for it. Hanan got out of the way, and she hit the famous there, the rocker dropper. I thought that was really cool. And then Julia, as she's building up towards the end of the match, she goes for the glorious driver. Hanan gets out, and I figured she would go for that 17 roll-up that she does. But she actually did, went into the knee bar, in which we've seen her use the knee bar quite a bit, the rolling knee bar. But then she rolled it into a pin, which I thought was really, really cool, which we've only seen maybe a few times from her. And, uh, I, you know, I knew the result of this match going in, but I actually kind of bit on the finish a little. So did some of the people in the front row. Um, Julia did a great job getting Hana over in her moveset towards the end of the match and did a great job showing panic that she can't kick out of this. And again, the referee did a great job of almost hitting the mat for a three, for which would be the biggest upset so far in this tournament. I know it's only night two, but 
that'd be a, a pretty big upset. And, uh, you know, Julia just comes back. She hits a big Yakuza kick and then finally follows up with a glorious driver. So I like how they build in the last 30, 40 seconds of the match. Julia just desperately to try and hit this glorious driver and Han is desperately to try to get out of it, to try to roll Julia up to get those uh, her first two points of the of the tournament. But ultimately, it's just Julia's experience and just her utter violence that's able to uh, get her the advantage to let her hit at the glorious driver to get the pinfall. Excellent story. Again, Han and her technical wrestling in the beginning of these matches, her chain wrestling to get into what she needs to get into for the first advantage of the match is really second to none on the stardom roster absolutely love this match i wish it would have got a little more time i know me and you were talking the other day saying you know there's only two or three of these uh five-star matches on these shows i understand if you have five six seven eight nine uh five-star matches some of the matches have to cut down i wish this one would have went around closer to the 10 minutes however i'm not disappointed with uh, how good the match turned out to be i absolutely loved it and i actually gave it three and three-fourth stars. Yeah, I give it three and a half. I think it's another good showing for Hannon. We we said coming into the tournament that Hannon probably isn't going to pick up that many points, but it's not the fact that she's losing. It's how she loses and how she's going to come out of this tournament. You know, and she's already had three very good showings. You know, that explosive sprint against Micah on night one. This one where she... You know, she, again, defied expectation in, in Julia and then in Mariah when she continued to endure until she literally just couldn't anymore, until she got flattened by the jumping lariat. Um, I think overall, it's been an excellent start. Um, I got my prediction of a Hannon victory over Mariah spectacularly wrong, um, as as is, as is my want, as is my tradition. Um, but overall, a really enjoyable match. Um, we move on then to, obviously, the semi-main, which was a really, really good match. I thought these two did fantastically well, Siori Anu and Mariah May. Um, different match from both of them. Mariah May came out of the traps like an absolute house on fire, hit that powerbomb to the outside almost straight away. Um, when are wrestlers in stardom going to stop shaking hands at the start of matches, we saw uh, we saw Suri dragged into a tequila shot from uh, from Suzu Suzuki on the opening night, and we saw uh, Suri Anu dragged into a backdrop driver in uh, in this match. But and then we obviously we had that explosive start from Mariah May, and then we had the legwork from Suri Anu, which I thought they did particularly well with. What I was intrigued to see in this match was how is Mariah May going to sell the leg. Is she going to forget, you know, two or three minutes and, you know, away from the work? Is she going to forget that her leg's supposed to be damaged? And she didn't. She actually did a very good job of selling. And there was one moment in particular where she ran into the corner to do her sort of handstand and have her legs around Sayori Inu's neck um, when Sayori Inu is sitting on the top rope. And Sayori Inu grabs her leg and sort of transitions it into this crab whilst mariah may is hanging from the ropes and i thought it's such a subtle move but it's it was done so well and so seamlessly that it just it really added to the match and then on top of that we had uh we had that brutal knee bar finish which uh i was very very happy i'm i'm a i'm a big sucker for a limb match where the limb leads to the finish 
That's that's what I want in life. If you're going to work the limb, make it the finish or make it affect the finish. And obviously the injured leg of Mariah May was uh, was ultimately targeted for the victory by Siori Anu. Matt, how do you think Mariah May did on defence and did you enjoy the limb work from uh, Siori Anu? Yeah, Mariah May was definitely sitting uh, sitting in the gorilla position watching Sherry versus Suzu Suzuki. She's like, oh, I'll start with that. So she pulls the up. Sorry, new with the backdrop driver. Sorry, new tries to you know kind of sell out of the way to catch a breather. She gets hit with the power bomb. Like, yeah, we're thirty seconds into this. Holy jeez! <laughs> like, Mariah May is playing for keeps her. She's trying to go go two for two here. But Sorry, new uh, obviously goes right to Mariah May's knee, which and she does a great job building up the work, the selling. You know, Mariah May doesn't go from like ten to eight to two. You know, she builds towards the selling. You never want to kind of die on the selling early on because then the crowd's not going to respond to any of the further selling going on in the match. I thought her pitches from the selling and her builds were great. I also liked how Mariah May, when she, uh, when Sorry News really getting into on the knee, that Mariah May's trying to create a little separation to kind of maybe get some blood flowing back in the knee. And she's hitting these brutal chops. And that's one thing we've seen Mariah May really improve on is her chops. You know, she's got these long limbs, very much like John Jones in the UFC. There's your MMA reference, Rob, for the show, where he would like, you know, because of his reach advantage, he has that advantage to kind of keep his opponents, uh, their opponent's offense away. And Mariah May does a really good job using the chops to kind of back Sori new out of the way from that knee work. But eventually Sori new just uses her experience to go back to it. And yeah, the knee bar was basically it was a knee bar and an arm bar. She basically stepped through with the inseam of her, uh, of her shin and um, over Mariah May's knee that she was working on, and then tra- it ca- held that, and then transitioned into a uh, Jujigatami across arm breaker. So it was almost like a double submission uh, in one, but obviously in order for Sori New to get to the arm bar, she had to work towards uh, Mariah May's knee. As uh, the late great Billy Robinson said, your countryman attacked the body uh, like a ladder. And that's basically what uh, Sori New did on the finish. She went from the knee and then was able to transition to the arm. So I thought that was really, really cool. And another cool weapon that we see in Sori New's arsenal. And will she utilize that in either a finish or to build towards a finish in these other matches as, uh, you know, we're going to get knee deep in this tournament. I thought it was great. I thought both ladies were fantastic. Uh, they took their time selling psychology. Uh, this was an absolute hit for me. And I gave this one another three and three-fourth stars, Rob. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Three and three quarter stars. Siori Anu moving to the top of the block with Julia as we stand on this night. Anyway, I know it's very, very early to start throwing out block standings. But uh, yeah, I think she looked very impressive here. And it's a different type of match for Mariah May than the one against Azumi. So another notch in her bedpost, so to speak. And I honestly didn't think, Matt, we would ever get a comparison between sexy dynamite princess Mariah May and John Jones of the UFC. But there you are. There you are. That's uh, that's what we give you on the stardom cast, apparently. <laughs> Whether you like it or not. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, this next match I was a huge fan of. Mina Shirakawa defeating Mirai. Um, slightly surprised that Mirai has eaten two back-to-back losses. Um, but the way Mina Shirakawa, sort of everything she tried against Utami and didn't quite get over the line, she managed to get over the line here. She was absolutely ruthless and relentless in attacking that neck. And once we got to like the last minute, I just assumed, ah, 
Here we go. It's Rossi's token time limit draw. We can't go a five-star show without one, apparently. Um, but no, Mina hit the figure four driver. Mina, um, after working the neck almost exclusively to the point where um, Mirai hit some sort of brand new suplex variation. I don't know if it has a name or if she's used it before, but it's not very often she uses it. Um, and then she looked to try and bridge, but couldn't bridge because of the neck. And that would ultimately lead to uh, Mina getting the win with the figure four driver, Mina. But she's improved so much, Mina. She's not just in ring, but there was parts of this match where she is visibly getting under the skin of Mariah. And one of the biggest... Um, criticisms of Mariah that I've seen is that she can at times come across quite bland. Now, I, I can sort of see what people are saying with that. I don't necessarily agree, but I do see that, you know, sometimes she comes across as quite generic and, you know, cut and paste. However, here, especially once Mina slaps her, that slap to the face echoed like a gunshot around the arena. It was a properly hard slap, and that seemed to properly awaken something in Mirai. And just the way that Mina was able to get under Mirai's skin and sort of eke something out personality-wise from Mirai, I thought was really, really good. A big, big statement win for Mina Shirakawa. Um, and Mirai, terrible start to the tournament, and she's now got Momo Watanabe and Mina Shirakawa gunning for her white belt championship. Yeah, good start to this match too, buddy. The bell rings and they start throwing forearms. And I'm like, all right, I knew I was in before. Now I'm really in. But then you can see like the, just the sense of urgency with Mariah. Like I just won this white belt. I just, you know, beat Tam, who's, you know, kind of the current face of the company uh, at this point. And now I lose my first five-star match to Momo. I can't go down 0 for 2. So you see her sense of urgency early on, buddy, where she goes right after um, Mina's arm. And then she takes the fight to the floor. She hits the high cross body to the floor. Suplex down to the floor. Um, really, I'm sorry, Mina she, Mina uh, takes the fight to the floor. Mina hits the high cross body to the floor. And then um, the two of them kind of go back and forth. A lot of stiff strikes in this one. But I did like, yeah, how usually Mina, she usually focuses on the knee. With this one, she focused on the neck, which kind of made sense. And then uh, Mariah obviously focused on the, on the neck with those lariats. Because, oh boy, how did she throw them? Especially in that match with Han and the next night, which we'll get into. Holy jeez. Um, I liked how there was a lot of really good false finishes with Mina. You know, she uh, again, she's hitting the, the draping DDTs, the implant DDTs. That's not getting the job done. The Glamour's Collection, Mina, I, I bit hard on. I thought that was going to be the finish. Mm. Uh, Mariah gets out of that. Yeah, that was a really, really uh, great, very much similar into um, the uh, the last second kickout with uh, Hanan and Julia. Great job, you know, kind of holding your breath. Like, is this going to be the finish? Because it is the five-star. So if someone can get caught with a roll-up, you, you don't know when upsets are going to happen or when three falls are going to happen. Um, eventually, though, Mariah just starts firing back with these brutal lariats. Uh, to Mina, I mean the two of them, the you know they it was both give and take with the forearms, and then uh, you know the kicks and the lariats, and then there were some brutal backfists, backfist uh, from uh, Mina that were really just rocking uh, Mariah. But ultimately, that was kind of the, uh, the the undoing with those last two spinning backfists that eventually led to the figure four driver Mina for the three count. Yeah, this was my favorite match of the show. I had this a solid four stars. This was great, an absolute must watch match, and. Uh, I guess, you know, I mean, we're both kind of 
scratching our not that it's a bad you know it's and never bad to lose to Momo Watanabe and Mina Shirakawa but I don't think anybody would have picked Mirai the new wonder stardom champion start out 0 for 2 but on the uh the good side my friend Momo Watanabe did make mention that she wants to wants a shot at the wonder of stardom championship then after Mina Shirakawa got the win she did stare and touch the uh, wonder stardom belt that she held on earlier in the year so I would be shocked if we don't get a Mariah versus Momo match and a Mariah versus Mina match somewhere down the line, my friend. It wouldn't surprise me if they're not going to go the Hazuki route at Dream Queendom. It wouldn't surprise me if we have Mina Shirakawa making another play for the white belt at Dream Queendom because she's stupidly over. She's so good with the crowd. She's so good in ring. Like Some of the transitions out of Mariah's moves was absolutely tremendous and all into different variations of the DDT. So it wasn't reversals for reversals sake. It was reversals to attack Mirai's neck, turning defense into offense, which I think is another area of Mina Shirakawa's game that she's really, really improved on. I actually like this a little bit more than you. I can't even remember the last time this happened. Um, I gave it four and a quarter. It was actually my match of the of these, these two shows. I thought it was a really, really, really good showing for both women. Um, you know, it, it's it's not the greatest star for Mirai, certainly losing back-to-back, especially as I highlighted her as one of the favourites for the block, um, which, you know, is a kiss of death when it comes from the stardom cast, obviously. Um, but, you know, we had that with Julia last year. She lost the first two matches, so, you know, it's not unheard of. Um, I don't think anyone anticipated Mirai winning it, but, you know, it's not unheard of, like I say. Um, let's move on then to the next show, which is night three of the Five Star Grand Prix. This one from the 30th of July from Konosu Saitama, Japan, in the Konosu Municipal General Gymnasium. 412 people in attendance and the results are as follows um, we opened with a tag match a Wedetai team of Natsukatora and Ruwaka defeating the Queen's Quest team of Hina and Miyu Amasaki in 7 minutes and 48 seconds Ruwaka getting the pinfall over Hina which was uh, which was interesting in 7 minutes and 48 seconds with the freezer bomb we then had the Donna Del Mondo team, Julia and Tecla, Mafia Bella defeating Tam Nakano and Yuna Mizumori. Uh, Julia getting the pinfall over Yuna with the glorious driver in 8 minutes and 50 seconds. Um, we then had a tag team match, the Goddess of Stardom champions, Mariah May and Mina Shirakawa, Rose Gold, defeating the Stars team of Hazuki and Momo Kogo. Mina getting a pinfall over Momo Kogo with the implant DDT in 8 minutes and 19 seconds. Um, we then had a six-woman tag team match. The stars team of Mai Wibatani, Koguma, and Saya Ida defeating the Queen's Quest team of Lady C, Azumi, and Yutami Hayashishta with Saya Ida, no, I'm joking, with Koguma <laughs> getting the pinfall over Lady C in 12 minutes and 31 seconds with the diving body press. Another strong showing for Megan Bain, her, Maysera, and Micah defeated the team of Hanako, Saki Kashima, and Suri. Megan Bain getting the pinfall in 10 minutes and 42 seconds with the F5 on Hanako. We then move on to our two five-star Grand Prix block matches, one from each block 
on this night. Uh, from Blue Block, Mirai got her first victory of the tournament, moving to two points, defeating Hannon, who stays on zero points. Nil point in nine minutes and four seconds. Mirai winning with the jumping lariat. And then finally, our main event, Red Block action. Uh, we saw Natsupoi defeating Suzu Suzuki in nine minutes and six seconds with the fairy strain, which I would argue is our first really, really, really big shock of the tournament so far. I was I was blown away by the fact that Natsupoi managed to win against Suzu. Yeah, uh, Rob, real quick, because um, I'm sure everybody wants to know this, the, the four-way standings between myself, uh, you, uh, Kirsty <laughs> yes. and uh, and Amber. So okay, so night uh, the 29th there was three five star matches. Rob, you got two points. I got two points. Kirsty got two points, and Amber got two points. So no movement there. And okay. uh, obviously, obviously, when we I, I will go over the uh, the standings at the end of the week and where everybody stands, and as far as uh, where me and you stand as a team, Team Stardom Cast versus Team uh, Love Is Blind, I guess with uh, Kirsty and Amber. So. Um, <laughs> And that's to let you know you're going to be a little disappointed. Oh, it's a not long again. Tournament. Not again. <laughs> bad, but we'll get there, buddy. We'll get there. Um, okay, you want to talk about the uh, non-tournament matches first? Uh, yes. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about the non-tournament matches. Matt, what should people go out of their way to see from this show on the undercard? I, I Again, it's stardom. Every match uh, is it, it is good one way or another. Match number two, uh, you if you like... If, you ne- if you like me, never get sick of seeing Tam and Julia in the same ring at the same time. You'll enjoy it here very much, like Utami and Hazuki the night before. It wasn't long, but every second that they're in the ring, they make it count, and it was violent. So uh, that was super fun, and very much again in match three, you have Amina uh, and Hazuki again. They were in the ring very long. But, however, that's a singles match that I would love to see somewhere down the road. Maybe, Rob, if I'm going to be fantasy booker, Mina gets the uh, the wonder of stardom championship back at the end of the year. She goes on to have like a five- or six-month run and then loses it to Hazuki, who wins the Cinderella tournament. That's maybe how I would book it. But regardless, um, if you're a fan of Hazuki and who isn't, and you're a fan of Mina, and don't get me wrong, Mariah May and Mogo Kogo are fantastic as well. But if you want some Hazuki versus Mina violence, Match number three is the match for you. However, the best match on the undercard on both these nights is a six-person tag match with uh, Mayu, Saida, Koguma versus Yutami, Azumi, and Lady C. Uh, first and foremost, no disrespect to uh, both these crowds, but these crowds, for the great wrestling that you got, they really weren't making a lot of noise, Rob. And no. sometimes that's just the way certain crowds are. Some, sometimes you can you have a, you go to a show and the crowd's hot for everything, and that's great. You can work a headlock, and, and that's great. Then you can go on and have like an Osprey versus Omega match, and the crowd's just, they're not there to cheer. They're just there to watch the matches, you know, have a good time, maybe buy some popcorn and go home. And that's what it really seemed like to me. Again, those, especially that Mina versus Mirai match, as great as it was, that crowd just wasn't into it. Just wasn't into it, and that's okay. Sometimes um, people aren't buying what you're selling. I obviously love that match. So did you, Rob. So did pretty much everybody I talked to on the Twitterverse or the Xverse or whatever it's called this week. Absolutely <laughs> love that match. Now, the point I'm trying to make is this crowd for this match for Queen's Quest versus Stars, absolutely nuclear towards the end of the match. The crowd was so hot for this match. Um I was a big fan of, uh, we got some high-speed stuff with Koguma and Izumi. Obviously, that's more their style. We saw Sai, Eden, Lady Seed laying into each other with chops. 
And then you had the respected leaders, Mayu and Yutami, giving us an extended preview. I figured we would have gotten some action between the two of them, but I figured it would have been very much like Yutami and Hizuki the night before, 45 seconds to a minute. But they gave us the proper, like, one or two really good sequences of a preview of the match that we're going to be uh, seeing in just a few weeks' time, Mayu and Yutami for the IWGP Women's Championship. So that was really good that they gave us that. The one thing I will never get tired of seeing, Rob, is Azumi doing the double stomp off Lady C's shoulders. <laughs> I thought that was absolutely fantastic. Um, there were some really good lariats and chop exchanges uh, chop exchanges between Yutami and Sayaida as well. Um, we're just like again really good triple team work with uh stars it always seems like when stars are these multi-person tag matches and mayu yutani is on the star side if she's not in another match you always see really good uh in contrived three-way spots it still blows my mind like how are they getting this person in this position and this one's coming off this side of the ropes and this one's coming off that side of the ropes with the speed and, and intensity and like nine and a half times out of ten they hit it perfectly so it just blows my mind that like when mayu's in these stars matches with these crazy triple team or quadruple team spots that it always goes off without a hitch and yutami and lady c and azumi they weren't far off either on their teamwork as well and then the finish was absolutely fantastic. We get the three-dome rocket launcher right into Lady C's throat. Like, oh, boy, like one of the tallest members of the roster. I'm like, boy, if Mayu's going to hit this proper. And we saw her hit it on uh, Yuna the week before, but she hit her, like, in the in the midsection where it was a little bit safer. But I'm like, I wonder if she's going to go for the midsection and she's going to try to go to the face. Now, right to Lady C's throat. Holy jeez. And then eventually Kagama hits the top rope uh, body splash for three. Yeah, again, folks, this was my favorite match of the undercards of these two shows for two reasons. One, the action's fantastic. And like I said, we're getting that preview of Utami versus Mayu, which I absolutely can't wait for. And two, the fact that the crowd was so quiet and they had them by the last three or four minutes absolutely going crazy crazy for this match just really goes just goes to show you how great Mayu and Utami are at crowd psychology uh fantastic match go out of your way to see three and three fourth stars it's funny you should mention that because the crowd that I will always and old school listeners of uh, of the stardom cast will know um how much I hated the Sendai Cinderella crowd when uh, Utami took the belt from Mayu and it was a fantastic match. And obviously it was during COVID. So, you know, you can't make a lot of noise. But there was nothing. Absolutely nothing. To the point where it was actually making me angry. Because I was like, this is such a good match. And they don't care. And, you know, it shouldn't take enjoyment out of a match. But it can do. But like you said, it speaks volumes to uh, to these women's ability to uh, to draw a crowd into their match that an undercard tag was able to was able to to gauge some sort of reaction from them and uh yeah that that match between mayu and utami at stardom x stardom is going to be absolutely fantastic it's certainly the match i'm looking forward to most um because i know exactly what both women are more than capable of um matt unless you've got anything else you wish to talk about on the undercard unless you've got any little matches that you'd like to recommend to our dear listeners i think we should get stuck into these final two block matches Let's go for it there, good sir. So we'll start with Mirai and Hannon. Um, so obviously Mirai finally gets that victory in her third outing. Um, uh, again, with her losing back-to-back matches, I didn't 
hold much hope for Hannon. Um, it did feel like the champion needed to get back on track here. But I feel, again, it was a great showing from Hannon. Some of the kickouts from the Lariats were fantastic. Very, very good near falls. Unlike the Julian match, however, I feel like this was... How do I put this? It, the, the... More, vi- more violent? Yeah, it was more violent. It was... I don't know what I'm trying to say. It was a very, very good match. And um, Mirai seemed to take a lot of frustration on the results of night one and night two out on Hannon. And I feel like not only did that benefit Mirai, because she came across far more aggressive, again, see aforementioned Lariat, but also it did well for Hannon because it built her even more as an underdog babyface as she persisted on kicking out of these signature moves from Mirai. Um... I again, I think Mariah showing against Mina was better, but overall, I think this was a really good match for what it needed to be in uh, in the nine or so minutes. Yeah, Rob, um, I didn't think anybody was more upset over the Han on theme change than me and you. But I think Mariah, I don't, I think, <laughs> I think it's a combination. I think, I think Mariah went into this match with three things. Number one, really, I'm upset over Hana's theme change. Two, I need a win here because I'm over two. And three, I want to be on the Mount Rushmore of the greatest lariat throwers of all time. Like Stan Hansen, Kenta Kabashi, Kojima, you know, ten, whoever you think is. Because, boy, she, how does she comes after Hanan's uh, head here. And it gets to a point where she hits a couple of them, like kind of in the middle of the match. And then like Hanan, who really is all tense of purposes, if you watch her her singles matches, last three or four months is almost like a counter wrestler. And she's really, really good at it. So she hits like two or three lariats in the middle of the match. And then she goes for this running one. You just see the speed that she's coming off at. I'm like, Oh geez, this might be the end of Hana for this tournament. And then Hana reverses it into a backslide, like four or five minutes in and the crowd bites on the finish because the crowd is still hot from the, uh, the match before. That's what you always want to have. You always want to have a match that if the crowd's kind of quiet for a match, like one, two or three, you're kind of hoping that they have a hot match for the next, for the next one. Or you just, or a lot of times as a joke, Rob, I'll be like, hey, who's after me? I'm like, oh, God, you guys are done because I'm going to crap the bed on this one. The crowd is going to be dead. But uh, no, you never want to do that. But anywho, so the crowd's hot going into this match. They kind of bite on that backslide from Hanan. And kudos to Mirai for kicking out at the last second. Again, it's only like four minutes in the match. I thought that's, that, that's something that was really, really good. But I think Mirai hits like four or five lariats. I think she attempts eight or nine, and I'll never get sick of it because they build to it in the match. Um, there's another spot where um, Hanan gets dodges a, uh, a, a lariat attempt, or she dodges the leaping lariat, which uh, Mirai uh, has been using for a finish and obviously gets the win here. She dodges the leaping lariat. She hits a backdrop driver and then follows up with the 17 roll-up. But the even got her a closer three count than she did with the backslide. So we're showing that Hanan, even though she likes the Hanan special and the backdrop driver as her finish, we're showing that she might be able to sneak a win in this tournament with a backslide or with a 17 or with the uh, that knee bar roll up into the cover. So it's not out of the possibility, realm of possibilities, that can, she can get a win um, you know, in, in her block with these. So uh, it's something that we're definitely going to be looking for. Again, we don't expect her to have really more than one or two wins in this tournament. But it is a possibility that she's going to sh- she might shock you know one of the main eventers for one of these quick quick roll ups and doing they're doing a good job getting Hana over you know one is being resilient two is being a counter wrestler and three that she could end the match at any time. 
by countering something. So I thought that was really, really great. But uh, in the end, it's just Mirai just, again, taking her frustrations out, hitting two big lariats back-to-back in the leaping lariat that ultimately gets her the win. Uh, even though this match was just a shade over nine minutes, I absolutely loved it. It did what it needed to do. It told a great story for both Han and Mirai, and I actually had it at three and three-fourth stars. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, another three and a half stars for me. Um, I think I preferred the Julia match just a little bit more, just for like the really basic story they were telling. Um, but overall, I think both women did fantastically well here. Like you said, um, it did exactly what it needed to do. Um, again, Hannon, fantastic performance. Where she gets her victories from when you look at the remainder of her matches, um, she's got Mina Shirakawa next on the 6th of August. So uh, it doesn't get any easier for uh, for Hannon. Though, you know, you're looking at potentially Mariah May on that final night could be an upset for Hannon, especially as they are, I believe, tagging on uh, the Dream Festival. So uh, that could lead to an interesting dynamic there. Um, we move on then to the main event, as I mentioned before, Natsupoi defeating Suzu Suzuki in under 10 minutes in the five-star to move very briefly, I'm sure, to the top of red block with four points. Suzu Suzuki sitting rock bottom with zero still. Um, this is going to come out awfully. Um, and I've got a horrible feeling someone is going to clip it and use it as a message tone. But um, there, is, there is no one that I would rather see take a beating in stardom than Natsupoi because she just does it so well and it's so believable that you're just so invested in her as a cat like the way she takes the absolute destruction suzu suzuki throws her way and then just powers up and hits these unbelievable german suplexes like this pocket rocket that she is um overall I loved the dynamic between these two, even to the point where there was one point where Natsupoi got up after this particularly destructive powerbomb or back suplex or whatever it was that Suzu Suzuki was uh, was making Natsupoi endure. And you could see Suzu Suzuki almost looking at her and smiling and going, oh my God, you're back up. Let's do this again. Um, it, it was a really, really good dynamic. Just the finish came from nowhere. That was the only real issue I had with this match. Obviously, Natsupoi unleashes just a series of kicks into the face of Suzu Suzuki, um, which does ultimately lead to the fairy strain, which leads to the finish. And don't get me wrong, I am in no way bothered that Natsupoi gets the victory. I'm a big fan of Natsupoi. You know, I don't think she'll reach the final. More's the pity. I think she'd do very, very well. As you know, whenever she's had the tap on the shoulder, she's always um, performed, but just came a little bit out of nowhere for me, Matt. That's the great thing about the five star. You don't know when certain upsets are going to happen. And as you get towards maybe the final nights, you can kind of maybe be a little bit more predictable. And fingers crossed, maybe that's where we can make up some ground on our significant <laughs> others, buddy, because, because, uh, yeah, I don't mean to be a downer, but wait till I tell you what the points are. Um, yeah, this was a great match, and you mentioned we've seen Natsupoi kind of like when she fires up, either taking a big move and she'll kind of like Antonio Noki fighting spirit up, and she'll hit one of those crazy German suplexes. And she goes to another gear, and you see her like she'll scream up, and Natsupoi, like there's not like an ounce of fat on her. 
And when she does that, you can just see like her abs and her muscles, you know, popping out. She probably weighs like 90 pounds soaking wet holding a brick. But like when she does, she just looks like an absolute animal. Like, oh, geez. Now we just pissed off, you know, not support. And then she'll throw like these kicks. And then she has that grounded, like sweeping leg kick uh, that she does. She actually, if memory serves me correctly, she actually pinned Hanan in the five star last year with it. So like she'll hit the German suplex and start kicking your head off. And even when she does that running basement drop kick that like Mayu does and uh, sometimes Suzuki does, but she hits it with such force, like she slides her way out and almost into the first row. Like she's okay now. You're really pissed not to play off. Like yes, yeah, she takes a beating. Yes, yeah, she's great t- at taking a beating and selling and making her an opponent look really really good. But then she does such a great job of firing back to the point where it's just like, oh, you're beating on poor Natsupoi, lovely Natsupoi. You know, she comes in, she's smiling, she's got the baton, she's with Tam, they do the fantastic dance that I know that you love so much. And then she just gets beat up for like the first half of the match. And when she makes her comeback, you're just like, you're just cheering for it. And that's just really good basic psychology. And then these two just start bombing each other back and forth. There's one point where Suzu, she returns in kind from a German suplex that Natsupoi gives her. And she hits a crazy German suplex. And then, yeah, Natsupoi kind of pops up a little. And then Suzu hits, like, two buzzsaw kicks and then, like, a side hook kick, like Marifuji style. And I'm like, geez, I don't know who the stiffer of the two wrestler is. And this is a really cool spot where um, uh, Suzu goes for the tequila shot. And Natsupoi gets out, and then she gets into the Golden Gate swing. The, the fact that it was so seamless that the two of them were able to work like that kind of contrived spot, I thought was absolutely great. And then the two of them just build towards a really, really good finish. Uh, Suzu hitting the tequila shot for two. Um, Poi hits the uh, ferrier ring for two. And then a German suplex kicks out at one. And then uh, Natsupoi hits several of those spin kicks for two count. And then finally finishes Suzu off with the ferry strain for a three count. Uh, again, I mentioned how I think each and every one of these matches, when it's a five-star show where there's not five or six or seven five-star matches, they need to go 10, 11 minutes. This one went over nine minutes, but it gave you everything. And I was like, well, there goes that theory. Throw that out of the door. Uh, This is my favorite match of the two shows. Uh, I gave this four and a quarter stars. The fact that they were able to tell such a great story, such a violent story, and such being able to swing momentum back and forth where you're cheering for both wrestlers and get it done in nine minutes it, in a main event. The fact that the main event of this show was as good as it was, and it went nine minutes. Just goes. It's just a credit to both Natsupoi and Suzu Suzuki, and like 80% of the starting roster as well, um, that they're able to give you all that action in that much time. And bravo to both ladies. Again, partner, four and a quarter stars, my favorite match of these two shows. Yeah, I gave it four stars. Um, and I'll always be a fan in tournaments of sort of that build that anyone can beat anyone. And especially when you look at the more high-speed-based wrestlers, you know, you'll start like Keiji Natsupo, your Izumi. You do believe that a victory could come out of nowhere. And again, I'm not bothered by the result at all. I love the fact that Natsupo's had a strong start. And I love the fact that we might be building a story of Suzu Suzuki not being able to start well in tournaments, especially after a tournament last year. Um, but I think I'd have just been... Had it been via the fairy blink or via the roll-up that she beat Starlight Kid with on uh, on night one, the fairy ring, I think I'd have been less like, oh, it came a bit out of nowhere. Um, but don't get me wrong, the fact that she beat Suzu Suzuki, who is famed for death matches, and she beat her with a big-ass suplex, you know, it stands Natsupoi in very, very good stead moving forward because she has got a very 
very difficult run-in because obviously Red Block is stacked to the gills. Um, obviously next, she has Shuri. So uh, unfortunately she is going to be beating up some more. Uh, then she's got Mayu. Um, obviously she'll have the forfeit. There's Sayaka Kamatani. Then she's got Natsukatora and Hazuki. So it doesn't get any easier for the Fairy of Stardom, but uh, I'm sure she will take that with uh, with a pinch of salt. I just love the way, and I've, this will be the last thing I say about it, but she just, the way she sells those kicks, the way she sells those strikes, those suplexes when she's been tossed around the ring, it really does make it's so much easier to invest in her as a character because you want to see her come back from the brink of this absolutely brutal beating she's going to get. I'm sure Mayu is going to absolutely destroy her as well because Mayu can, can be properly cocky and arrogant when she's got the upper hand. So I'll be interested to see that match as well. Uh, overall, like I say, four stars. Really, really, really good match. And for however briefly, Natsupoi, is currently leading Red Block, so that's a nice little uh, a nice little thing for her moving forward. Um, okay, Rob, real quick, I just want to laugh. I see your point on Natsupoi getting maybe a, fl- a flash pinfall here, but since it's your main event, you kind of want to end it with an exclamation point. And I know they had Mayu beat Suzu last year in the main event with like a, a quick roll up, but I think that your final match, you kind of want to end it with an exclamation point. Not saying that. I'm right and you're wrong. I'm saying maybe that's the reason why they did it. I don't know. It, but um, Yeah, it could well be. It could well be. Um, now, I'm for the uh, for me to disappoint you. Are you ready, oh, my friend? There was two. No. There was two. There was two matches on this show. Please don't um, tell me I got both wrong. Hold on. I got both wrong, so zero points for me. Did you go for Hannah One... over Mirai? I, well, if you remember during our preview, I said I think Hanan's going to pin Mirai, and that's going to give Hanan a title shot. Now, had I known that, uh, obviously, I, I did the two matches back-to-back before they happened. Had I known that Mirai, if I did the pick after Mirai lost the meet, I'm like, there's no way Mirai's losing three in a row. But when I did those picks, I did them, I think, the Thursday or the Friday before. So I'm like, no, I'm sticking to Mike. And I thought Mirai was going to beat Mina on night two. But I'm like, no, I had... I, said two weeks ago i thought hanan was going to beat mariah to set up a white belt shot i'm gonna stick to my gun so yes i got zero right rob you got one yes my wife got yes my wife got one and kirsty went two for two. Oh, for god's <laughs> sake now here are the totals at the bottom of the block will be matt turner with five <laughs> points okay it the bronze medal winner out of four would be Rob Goodwin yes! with six points. <laughs> I'm off the vibe. Come on. <laughs> My wife has seven points. Kirsty has ten points. Oh, for God's sake. She's smashing Kirst- it. <laughs> now, I'm a professional wrestler. Whether you think I'm any good or not, regardless, I'm a professional wrestling. You're Kirsty. Your significant other is doubling me on points. Now, quick math tells you, if we're doing this in teams, which again, this is all fun. We're going to be you know, doing these teams regardless. Team Stardom Cast. Again, who watch every match. Rob Goodwin has written a book on every match from 2021 mm-hmm. and is writing another book on Stardom. I have seen every Stardom match uh, from the end of 2021 to up until right this very second and have notes on it. Folks, we are on Talk is Jericho. We give notes to Kevin Kelly and Chris Charlton to announce stuff on New Japan shows and Stardom shows. 
Our combined score, Team Stardom Cast, is 11. Absolutely. Again, my wife, who's seen maybe 10 matches, and Kirsty's seen none, correct? Kirsty has seen precisely no minutes of stardom action, yes. 0.0. They have 17 points. Again, folks, Team Stardom Cast, 11 versus our significant others, 17. Now, I will say this. Now, I'm going to tie a nice bow on this to make it positive. Me and you love Mayu Iwatani. And these big, big stardom matches, specifically against Shuri in 2020, when Mayu was the Red Belt champion. What happened a good majority of that match? Mayu got her ass kicked. But as the end was ramping up, she made her big comeback and got the three count. I am very positive, my friend, that me and you are going to be very much like Mayu, show up at the wrong building or have the wrong channel on or go to the wrong website first to watch these shows. Absolutely. And then, and then rally back and win this tournament, buddy. I feel confident on it. Absolutely. We're going to bring the lighting rig down with baseballs, but by God, <laughs> can we take a suplex? Uh, <laughs> um, well, after that rather disappointing uh, revelation there from Matt, <laughs> thanks for that, Matt. Um, let's sort of get, dive into what Stardom has got in store for us in terms of the five-star Grand Prix heading forward. So obviously, as we record, this is the second of August. There are shows on the 5th and the 6th, the 8th, the 10th, and the 12th next week. So a busy, busy week of five-star action. Of course, we record on a Wednesday, so we will definitely next week be covering the 5th and the 6th shows. The first one from Komatsu and the second one from Hamamatsu. The chances are the show from the 8th, uh, the one from KBS Hall, because that goes up on the Tuesday and we re- uh, that goes live on the Tuesday and we record on the Wednesday, chances are it's not going to be live on Stardom World in time for us to review it. Um, so at the moment, what we are going to be doing next week is the show from the 5th, the show from the 6th, and our preview of the Stardom X Stardom show, which is going to be uh, on the 13th of August at the Edian Arena in Osaka. Um, those shows that I've just mentioned then, the 6th of August, which is this weekend, have the following matches. We are up to four five-star matches on that card, and they are as follows. In blue block, we have Mina Shirakawa. Who start, si- start with the 5th. Start with the 5th, buddy. You said the 6th. Did I? Have I looked at yes. the wrong one? Have I looked you at... Go- I've yeah, looked I at the wrong one. Yes, I got you, buddy. It's all I right. Mean, we can't get in the we can't get in the Delorean and go back in time. I mean, maybe we can make up some points. No, anyway. no, it's all good. It's all good. I'm I'm back. I'm back. It's all good. Um, so on the fifth of August, because that is how time works. Um, from Komatsu City, we have the following matches. We only have three five-star matches on this card, but they are as follows. In red block, we have Suzu Suzuki versus Starlight Kid. Um, and then in blue block, we have Mirai versus Azumi and Sayori Anu versus Micah. Some really, really tasty matchups there. Uh, Suzu Suzuki and Starlight Kids match from last year was phenomenal. Mariah obviously cannot afford another loss, um, but I, I believe, have predicted that Azumi is going over Mariah to get a white belt shot later on 
in the year, but uh, I feel like that's less and less likely now. Sioriano has proved over these two matches with uh, Julia Mariah May that she is more than capable of hanging with the uh, the big hitters of stardom, and Micah, one of the favourites for the tournament full stop, I feel like is going to give her a fantastic match. Are you looking forward to this card, Matt? No, I hate it. Of course I am, brother. Look how... I mean, this is going to be great. Um, Suzu versus Starlight Kid. I mean, these two don't miss. They had that fantastic match. I think they put it on um, on one of the Stardom and Showcase matches because Suzu, I think, had COVID and missed the uh, the prior show earlier. Uh, and these two are better now than they were last year, and they were fantastic last year. And then Mariah Nozumi. Yeah, I don't know which way that's going to go. Obviously, we will text each other back and forth our official picks and then get our Pick some Kirstie and Amber, and they'll probably go three for three, and we'll be throwing stuff off a wall. But um, yeah, Azumi and Mirai is going to be really good. Azumi really works to anybody's style. It's going to be interesting to, to see if we see some high speed lariats in that match, Rob. Ooh. And then, uh, yeah, and then Sori Anu and Micah. I mean, if you're asking me if I can pick what one match I'm looking forward to, I mean, there's really no wrong answer. All three of these matches are going to be great, but just because we've seen it before, we know it's going to be good. I think it's going to be even better. I think the one match I'm looking forward to the most is uh, Suzu versus Starlight Kid. But, um, man, I'm looking at the, I might go 0 for 3. I'll worry about that later. I'll worry about <laughs> that later. I'm looking at these two cards, and my contacts are going to pop out of my head because I'm trying to predict them. But, yeah, all three of these matches are going to be surefire. Uh, you know, I highly doubt any of these matches are going to dip below four stars. No, I'd be very, very surprised. Um, that that main event between Siori and New, as it stands at the moment, of course, um, the match order might change, but as it's listed on uh, the Stardom website, it's currently Siori and New and Micah. That's going to hit so damn hard. I cannot wait for that. Really, really can't. And then, as I tried to do before, before I was so rudely interrupting. Actually, no, I want to go back to the fifth just for one moment because, Matt, there is one more extremely important singles match on that card. And um, oh. it's the opener. Saya Ida has the chance for victory against Hanaka. We might be on our next podcast, Matt, <laughs> celebrating a singles victory for Saya Ida. I tell you what, buddy. Even if we get, even if we fall further back into our picks against our significant others, a Saito win, we'll basically. I'm not going to say we'll heal it, but I'll put a nice big bandaid on it, my friend. Absolutely, absolutely. I'd like a big decisive victory <laughs> over Hanako. No disrespect to Hanako. Hanako's great, but Saito needs victories. So uh, yeah, keep your eyes on if that. it goes to if it goes to a time on the draw brother i'm gonna be pissed <laughs> imagine oh my god um anyway night four night five sorry of the five-star grand prix sees four block matches two from blue block and two from red block so the blue block sees mina shirakawa looking to defeat hanan and we've also got Siori Anu again taking on Azumi. From Red Block, then we've got Siori versus Natsukatora. And one of my highlighted matches for the tournament, Tam Nakano versus Hazuki. Um, Matt, my eye is immediately drawn to that main event just because I can imagine what these two are going to be able to do to each other but also because I have a very, very sneaking suspicion that Hazuki's walking out of this with a victory. I do too, and I'm hoping they do, because you know what that means? They run it back for the red belt. 
they run it back. I mean, they don't have to, um, but I mean, it would make all possible sense. Yeah. Um, I mentioned in uh, the, the show on the fifth, I don't know what match I'm looking forward to the most. No disrespect to the other three matches. I'm sure they're going to be great. But Tam and Hazuki, yeah, it's going to be violent. It's going to be fun. It's going to have really good psychology. There's going to be a lot of firing up. There's going to be a lot of head dumps. There's going to be a lot of chaining moves back and forth. And I don't know which way it's going to go. Um, it's not my official pick because I'm really going to have to sit down and think it out <laughs> because uh, I don't know. Maybe we overthink it, buddy. Maybe we just close our eyes and we you know, put our, our hand on something. But uh, yeah, I I think Hazuki's going to get the win here. Considering the fact that I think we both thought that she was going to beat Mayu um, on night one, she didn't get that victory. Um, but at the same time, you beat Tam before her uh, red belt match. Um, I don't think it really hurts her here, but at the same time, um, Starman's booking really doesn't do that often. But uh, so that's two things you're gonna have to look at. Um, it's gonna be interesting, and also, I um, Shuri versus Tora, I think, is gonna be something that's gonna be great. Again, I mentioned before at the start of this tournament, Tora is out for a lot to prove. You know, she was out for over a year with that knee injury trying to get back to the main event scene. Uh, she's been an absolute terror, especially after losing the uh, loser leaves cage match where Saki Kashima had to leave a widow tie and she's going up against, you know, an absolute killer in Sherry. That match is another one that I'm really looking forward to. And I think it's one that can absolutely steal the show from this weekend shows. And of course, Sori Anu and Azumi, that's going to be great. We've seen Sori Anu. She can hang with any style and she's very good at the high speed style, which Azumi is the master of. And, of course, Mina Shirakawa and Hanan, two of the most improved wrestlers, not just in stardom, Rob, but in the world over the last year plus. Uh, that match is something, too, that I'm really looking forward to. All seven of these matches, I'm just looking at like, holy jeez, we are absolutely spoiled. Absolutely spoiled, Rob, being stardom fans, and I'm really looking forward to the shows uh, coming up this weekend. But, yeah, my friend, Tam and Hazuki, that's definitely the one that I think that uh, – me, you, and pretty much everyone else are really going to have our eyes on this weekend. Yeah, completely agree. Um, and don't sleep on Hannon versus Mina Shirakawa. I have every anticipation that match is going to be an excellent one. Um, we also have on the undercard just uh, just worth uh, just worth watching. Unimizumori and Natsupoi versus Marime and Megan Bain. So uh, yeah, that might be one to keep an eye on as well. Um, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, I think we should end it there. Not an especially long episode this week that we've still gone an hour and a half, um, but we will be back next week with those two five-star Grand Prix shows and our preview of the upcoming Stardom X Stardom pay-per-view. Um, just a big thank you to everybody for listening. If you haven't already subscribed, if this is your first time, first of all, hello, welcome, thank you for finding us. Um, if you could subscribe to the podcast, that'd be great. Um, if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, it would be great if you could leave us a five-star review and a comment. It helps us fire up those podcast rankings and helps us be exposed to even more people. If Apple Podcast is not your thing, we are absolutely everywhere from Spotify to Google Podcasts to CastBox to Amazon Music to everywhere in between so whatever is your bag go and check us out there um you can find us on social media at the stardom cast that is twitter instagram facebook 
and YouTube as well. Um, thank you to all of our amazing patrons over at patreon.com forward slash the stardom cast. If you want to join for millions and millions of hours of me and Matt rambling about stardom, then you can for as little as $1 a month to get this podcast as um, a day early and without adverts. Um, and then, yeah, if you fancy talking to me, on Twitter, you can at at real Rob Goodwin. Uh, Matt, sign us off, good sir, and let's get out of here. Absolutely, folks. Again, Matt. Oh, yeah, Matt. I'm Matt. Uh, Rob has mentioned. <laughs> gee, I'm thinking about Tam and uh, Hazuki hitting each other in the head. Rob mentioned our YouTube channel. We are right around 200 uh, subscribers. Uh, my goal, our goal, is to get that by the end of the year to a thousand we're trying to get a thousand people to subscribe to our youtube channel it's absolutely free and we are trying to add more and more content uh i mentioned to rob all the people i reached out to for interviews to get up onto the youtube channel and uh and uh if we can get like half of what i have put out over the past few days we're doing a-okay but that's that's pretty good much is going to be a focus for us is to grow the youtube channel channels and to grow it with some interviews off of some you know non-stardom wrestlers some stardom wrestlers stardom wrestlers of the past so on and so forth. So um, the long term, I guess I'm making a long story long. Please just go over and subscribe to our YouTube channel. It is absolutely free. Questions, comments, uh, anything that I can do for you, any suggestions, Matt Turner OF on the Instagram and or the Twitter is the best way to get a hold of me. If you want to fancy shooting me an email, that's perfectly fine as well. The stardomcast 22 at gmail.com is the best way to get a hold of me via email. Folks, once again, we cannot say thank you enough for the fantastic support and all the kind messages that you send to myself and Rob on a daily basis. Really gives us the fuel of the fire to make this podcast the best it absolutely can be. Because um, like I always say, folks, it's just not my podcast. It's our podcast because we're all together and everybody's different. Everybody's special. MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. 
New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C.